It's in Canada with God time here on The Breakfast Show. We are about to launch into our Bible study, as we always do at this hour of the morning. We've got an interesting study coming up today about resting with the forefathers. What's that all about? Well, you're going to need to stay tuned. But before we do that, we have some announcements. We have text messages. We'll cover what you had to say about the first half of the show. And we are going to have another question for the quiz. So, the next question for the quiz. A dead man came back to life after his body touched the bones of whom? A dead man came back to life after his body touched the bones of whom? And the prize is the God Cares two-volume set on the books of Daniel and Revelation. You can text the answer for that into 0491-064-669. Okay, so here comes your comments from the first half of the show. We always love to hear what you had about had to say about the first half of the show. And the first one says, kayaking around Australia, very few people in the world could or would do that. Good on her. Supporting mental health is so needed today. Producer Shell wants to walk around New South Wales. Wow. Yeah. That's a right, goal. Right around the whole thing. I wonder if there's a Guinness World Record for that. I, I'm wondering whether it's ever been done. Yeah. Has anybody I, circumnavigated New South Wales? I can't say I've heard of it. She's she's pretty fit. She did like a 45k walk the other day. Well, it could be a good way to get into the Guinness World Records. It could be. It could be. First person first person to ever circumnavigate New South Wales. Anyway, uh, let me see. I can only imagine the size of the manta ray at creation. How magnificent would they have been gliding through the seas? Maybe they lived for a thousand years. Wow. Like creation. Uh, just after creation, maybe they lived for a thousand years. At creation, they didn't die. Yeah, that's true. That's right. They had forever. You ever gone? You ever done diving? Uh, no, I've like snorkeled. Snorkeled. It's yeah, not really yeah, the same, it's is not it? The same, We've all snorkeled, <laughs> but it's not quite the same. Yeah. You ever seen stingrays while you've been snorkeling? I have. They're pretty cool. Yeah, they are. And cool. surfing. I've been surfing and looked down and see them cruising. Oh, up. that's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, okay, so wonder no longer about how big they were. We do have fossil records of manta rays. Uh, that were 15 metres across. 15.24 metres is the biggest one in the fossil record. Wow. So there's every likelihood they were bigger than that. But 15 metres, that's a decent size. You could like, ride. ride on that thing. In very some- easily. <laughs> very, very easily. Okay, the N- uh, NCRS account closed down. Welcome to the New World Order. How long do you think this will happen to Christian organisations and churches who are not in line with their agenda? This will happen sooner than most of us think. In reality, it's already begun. Yeah, and, you know, when you think about uh, Revelation chapter 13, they're not being able to buy and sell. It's kind of the ultimate of cancel culture, isn't it? That's right, yeah. We see it happening all around us. Okay, the Catholic interdict. Biblical ignorance is a frightening thing. Thank God for his word and the truth shall make you free in more ways than one. Mm. Uh, Another one here, Russia closing all non-Orthodox Christian churches in the annexed Ukraine. So much for religious freedoms. The sad thing is that often many churches are being used for political reasons. Hope the Lord comes soon. The civilian population is always the ones who suffer. You know, the only positive that comes out of that for the Ukrainians is that for, you know, many of them, people my age, for instance, they've been there before. Yeah. They can just go back to what they did before the iron curtain came down. You know, and then in some ways it's where persecution abounds where the church thrives the most, you know. Absolutely. In our setting over here in Australia where we're so comfortable, well, maybe not so much anymore things are starting to slowly heat up, but um the comfort breeds, you know, complacency. It does. 
It does indeed, but we need to be praying for our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine. Uh, information overload, the real war or battle of the mind. Imagine receiving all this information and having no real way of connecting the dots or checking it against the truth. We're so blessed to have the biblical compass to, to, to direct us. I would be totally lost without absolutely amen. We would be so lost here on The Breakfast Show without being able to filter the news we receive through the Bible. So important. Because there's so many things out there and I sort of, you know, I scratch my head and like, well, I don't know whether that's true or not. I, I'm, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a this. I'm not a that. I'm not the other. And I'm like, well, I know what the Bible says. So this part's obviously true and that part may or may not be and that part over there, that's definitely not true. Um, that definitely that happens from time to time. All right. <clears throat> this is an interesting one. Uh, this one's about Revelation 13, not being able to buy and sell. Uh, good morning and blessings. I'll put myself out there. Revelation thirteen seventeen, To buy in Greek. Do you know Greek? Uh, I wouldn't say very well. <laughs> <laughs> you probably know it better than I do. To buy in Greek means to gather or assemble paid for. Okay. And following the word sell through its several meanings it also means learner. Uh, we were bought at a price. Jesus paid for our sins. Can buy and sell also mean the auction is over? Probation is over. Judgment is here. God's people will find it harder to gather together for worship. There is no time left for the unrighteous to learn God's word. It's too late. Could this period also just be just before the last plagues? Uh, do you think that the buying and selling will be a very short period Maybe a matter of weeks. Okay, so as far as not being able to buy and sell goes, as far as the time period, the, the, the time length goes, I don't know. Yeah, we this don't is, know. I should have put this one in for question of the day. Mm. Um, I can see where this question is coming from, not being able to buy and sell, not being able to receive the word of God, receive salvation is essentially where... Uh, Wayne's getting at with this one. I think it's a very good thought. And you see that same idea with um, Satan, you know, trading by the abundance of his trading in yes. heaven. He was trading ideas, but that's that same commercial idea there. Yeah, I think it's a very good illustration. I think it's very good. Um, I think it's a very good thought. I don't see it in the context of Revelation thirteen. I do see it in Revelation sixteen, fifteen, and sixteen. And another place which is an interesting one uh, comes from the book of Amos. Let me see if I can find this one real quick. Uh, this is Amos chapter 8, verse 11, where it says, Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread nor a thirst of water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. So this a famine is a time when you can't buy and sell because it's just not available. There's no commerce available. It says, They shall wander from sea to sea and from north to north, from north even to the east, yeah, not from north to north, that wouldn't make sense, but north even to the east, they shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. In that day shall uh, the fair virgins and young men faint for thirst. And so this is definitely a passage dealing with uh, the close of probation at the end of time when salvation is no longer available. However, in the context of Revelation chapter 13, uh, where you have the Antichrist comes in and forces all, small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their foreheads or in their right hand. Uh, 
the context here indicates that this is persecution that will take place at a time that it is relevant to take place, in other words, as a way of coercing people to change their position, the indication is that that change of position is still available. Yes. So that's what that would, that would be my comment there on Revelation chapter 13. But that's a really interesting thought. I, I, we'd love to yeah, hear from our listeners. For, thanks and, for sending it in. Uh, you've, got my, you've, got my, you've got me thinking about things with that one. All right. This is a piece of paper. On my desk, I have no idea where it came from, but I'm so glad it's here because I'm going to tell you all about it. This is Discover Hope, Prophecies of Hope, so discoverhope.info. This is being done by Danny Milenkov, and it's being done in Morissette, New South Wales. There you go, Morissette. So that's the Lake Macquarie area. So if you're in the Hunter Valley, Central Coast, Newcastle, Lake Macquarie area, you don't want to miss this because I know Danny Milenkov quite well. I think you know Danny as well. Oh, he's a, he's a very good expositor of God's Word. I've seen the ads for this popping up on Facebook, actually. This, this is going to be absolutely amazing. So let me see that one. So it starts tomorrow. It starts tomorrow. There you go. 15th of October, 11 a.m. Finally, some good news. Then we've got 22nd of October, 11 a.m., living right side up in an upside-down world. Uh, then 29th of October, also at 11 a.m., finding confidence in the midst of chaos and confusion. And finally, the f- and finally, the final showdown on the 5th of November, all at 11 a.m., um, all at the Hillview Adventist Church to Gimbert Road, Morissette. So Danny's the host of Looking Up, uh, comes on on a Wednesday afternoon. Um, so that's amazing. Oh, don't miss it. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. All right, let's jump into our Bible study, Blake. Blair, sorry. I get I'm called... listening to Blake in my headset <laughs> and you're Blair. I get called Blake all the time. Uh, Blair's an uncommon name. Well, I, I, the problem too is that you've got a Blake and a Blair both both working in the same uh, same region together doing similar things so there you go all right genesis chapter 25 and verse 8 let's go there and let's find out what the bible has to say in genesis 25 and verse 8 what have you got for us blair then abraham breathed his last and died in a good old age an old man and full of years and was gathered to his people Okay, so that's an interesting passage right there. And a lot of people would say, oh, he's gathered to his people. So he went down the, you know, the long dark tunnel with the light at the end of the tunnel and at the end of the tunnel he uh, there uh, saw all of his people, his family, his relatives, his friends who had died before him and he didn't get the opportunity to come back down the tunnel and see his body and go back into his body as some people do in, an, in a near-death experience. Yeah. But that doesn't line up with what we read yesterday. That's exactly right. We talked about this a lot yesterday. Bible says the dead don't know anything. So if he is gathered to his people, well, then is the Bible contradicting itself? It you know, if Abraham has gone to be with his people and he's hanging out with his people right now, but you said yesterday on the Bible study that the dead know nothing... 
How does that work? Well, clearly, gathered to his people must contain a range of meaning beyond simply going to heaven. Okay. All right. Um, so let's go back to yesterday's Bible study. Uh, where would Abraham's people be, according to yesterday's Bible study? In the grave. Okay, so if Abraham goes into the grave... Well, I, I presume some might still be alive, but the ones... <laughs> yeah, the dead ones. <laughs> the dead the, ones. The implication in this passage is <laughs> the dead ones. He's been yeah. gathered to, the de- to, his, his, to his dead people. Yes, that's right. Yeah, well, they're sleeping in the graves. We, we studied that. Okay, so his people are in the graves. He dies. He's now in the grave. He's gathered to his people. Where are they? They're in the grave. So he's gathered to the grave. Does the Bible say in this passage that he is talking with his people? It does not. Does the Bible say that he is traveling with his people? It does not. Does the Bible say that he is seeing his people? Absolutely not. Hearing his people? Definitely not. Bible doesn't say any of these things. And what's really, really important thing to do when you're reading the Bible is to not read into the Bible what it doesn't say. Mm. Just, bring in our own kind of perceptions and ideas and read that into the text. That can end us up in some hot water, theologically speaking. Just read what it does say. If you stick with what it does say, you're not going to get in trouble. Okay, so here we've got Abraham. The Bible says that Abraham is gathered to his people. Let's go over to Second Samuel chapter 7 and verse 12. Second Samuel chapter seven and verse twelve. You could, as you turn there, you could really, you know, that that phrase "gathered to his people." You could really just describe that as a euphemism for dying, for being gathered to the grave—a Hebrew euphemism. Yeah. Yep. Second Samuel. What? Where, where are we going there? Second, Second Samuel, Samuel seven twelve. Seven twelve. Seven yep. twelve. That's the one. Yeah. I've got it here. Says in God's word, when your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you, who will come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. Okay, so this is an interesting passage here because this one's talking about King David. When your days are fulfilled, you will do what with your fathers? Again, yeah, rest, you'll rest with your fathers. So again, this theme of gathered to your people or fathers, um, but in this text that brings out this concept of resting. Okay, and in my translation it says sleep. You will sleep with your fathers. And we talked again about this a lot yesterday, this sleep being the death. Okay, so Abraham goes to be with his people. He goes to be with his fathers, his ancestors, right? The Bible doesn't say that he is conscious. The Bible doesn't say that he's talking with them. The Bible doesn't say that he's breathing. The Bible doesn't say that he's living with them. The Bible just says that he's there. The Bible doesn't say he's walking around. The Bible doesn't say that he sees them. He is just, the Bible says he is in the same place as them, right? It's in the same place. Now we come to David. David is going to go to the same place. So Abraham's already there. So David's actually going to go to the same place that Abraham is. Abraham is one of David's fathers. Mm-hmm. So Abraham, so David is now going to the same place, and now the Bible tells you exactly what David will do when he gets there. Sleep. He will sleep. And, in fact, if you then link this with Acts chapter 2, let's go to Acts chapter 2 real quick there, uh, Blair, Acts 2. Acts 2, and let's find out whether David went to heaven. Uh, Verse 34. 
Did David go to heaven when he died? Now, David, obviously, the Bible describes him as a man after my own heart. God says he's a man after God's own heart. And so this is a saved man. The sort of person who would be going to heaven. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Did some terrible things along the way. Well, yes. (laughs) He is a sinner saved by grace. Thankfully, we had a new heart created in him. (laughs) I suspect he did worse things than any of you as a listener this morning. But anyway, uh, Acts 2 verse 34, where did he go when he died? Where did he he not go? Let's find out where the Bible says that David did not go. What does it say? It says, for David did not ascend into the heavens, but he says himself, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. So where does the Bible say in the clearest possible language that David didn't go? He did not go into heaven. Okay, he didn't go to heaven. No. All right. Well, that's helpful. Yes, it is. So then where did he go, verse 29? Verse 29, God's word says, Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Okay, so where did he go? He went to the grave. He was he went dead into the and tomb. buried. He went into the tomb. With his fathers. And he slept. He rested. He slept there. Well, this Abraham is... went there. David went there. They're all in the same place. This, this makes sense and adds up with what we studied yesterday. Thank the Lord for that. Don't you love how consistent the Bible is from one end to the other? Amen. You know, you start to throw in uh, preconceived ideas, and, and I've got to be honest, when you grow up with something, it's really easy to have a preconceived idea. Absolutely. And it can be really hard to get rid of those. But we must submit ourselves to Scripture if we're going to call ourselves a Christian. And the Bible says that Abraham went to be with his fathers. David tells us, sorry, the Bible says that David also went to be with his fathers. And in this passage, the Bible says what David did when he got there. Well, it's He um, slept. That, slept text, that text is so clear from Acts chapter 2. He did yeah. not go to the grave. Oh, sorry, he did not ascend to heaven, uh, but he did go to the grave. I think that's just so clear. It's black and white. Yep. All right, let's go back to, let's have a look at another one here, 1 Kings chapter 2 and verse 10. So 1 Kings 2 verse 10. God's word says, so David rested with his fathers. It's very similar to the last text that we read together. It says, David rested with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. There you go. He rested with his fathers. And whereabouts did he rest with his fathers? He was buried in the city of David. He rested with his fathers in the city of David. So, yeah, it's a little bit further north than where Abraham is resting, but there's certainly a bunch of his relatives that are resting there in the city of David. All right, so let's go to 1 Kings chapter 22 and verse 40. 1 Kings chapter 22 and verse 40. We've got another passage on the same thing right here. So God's word says, So Ahab rested with his fathers. Then Ahaziah, his son, reigned in his place. Uh-oh. We've got a problem. What's the We've problem? we got a major problem right here. Ahab. A wicked man or a righteous man? Ooh. Not, not very good. Let's 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 have a look at this one. Let's have a look at this one. Let's go over to. Let's go over to. What's that? Okay, let's go back to Kings. First Kings chapter. I'm thinking sixteen. Yeah. First Kings chapter sixteen and verse thirty-one. Uh, could you read that one for us, please, Blair? First Kings sixteen verse thirty-one. 
Yes. Think about yeah. Ahab. Let's start verse 30. Okay, verse 30. Now Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord, uh, more than all of those who were before him. And it came to pass as though it had been a trivial thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he took his wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Sidonians, and he went and he served Baal and worshipped him. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We're in the middle of our Bible study. Love to hear from you guys. Let us know your thoughts on the Bible study. Um, our number to call or text is 0491064669. Before we get back into our Bible study, Blair has another quiz for our question for our quiz. All right, the question is... Oh, this is the last one for the week too. This is your last opportunity to uh, get your name in the hat to win your copies of the two-volume set, God Cares, commentary on Daniel and Revelation. That's right. So last opportunity, you want to get it in. Send mm-hmm. a text. So the question, Daniel learned Israel would spend 70 years in captivity by reading the writings of which prophet? So cool. A Bible prophet reading the prophecy another Bible of prophet. another Bible prophet and coming to a conclusion... Daniel learned that Israel would spend 70 years in captivity by reading the writings of which prophet? That number to text into is 0491-064-669. Get in the running for the God Cares two-volume set. Okay, so we finished off. We were talking about Ahab. We were, and we we saw how he rested with his fathers uh, just like... David and Abraham had rested with his father. So this is interesting. I want, to, I want to come back. I want to come back. I want to talk more about Ahab first. Okay. I want to come back to that, but I want to talk more about Ahab first because there's some things that we need to learn about Ahab. Okay, so we read this passage here where, um, where did we go? What was it? First Kings chapter 16 and verse 30, uh, where the Bible says that he did evil in the sight of the Lord above all those that were before him. That's pretty bad. So he was more evil than any king who had preceded him. That's not a very good reputation. That's no. Not, it's not how you want to be described, no. is it? No. Then he marries Jezebel. Ouch. Another baddie. That's a pretty name. <laughs> yeah, Jezebel's a pretty name. Have you ever met a little girl named Jezebel? I haven't, actually. I haven't either. And I think it's probably because her name was tainted by, or the name was tainted by, this particular individual. Mm-hmm. She was a piece of work. So he goes and marries Jezebel, and then who does Ahab worship? Baal. Baal. False god. All right, so here's, here's the situation. Ahab is the king of the northern kingdom of Israel. He's not a king of Judah. He's a king of Israel. Now, the kings of Israel worshipped Yahweh in the form of a cow. Very bad. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> really? Oh man! You're going to turn the you know the great self-existent ruler of the universe into the image of a cow? They didn't learn anything from uh, Aaron in the wilderness. No, no, they copied it from Aaron. It's like, what were you guys thinking? But anyway, this is the history of it. This is what actually happened. They made a golden calf and they worshipped the golden calf. And so they were, they're like, oh yeah, no, we're still worshiping the same god. We just don't go to the, down to the temple in Jerusalem. We do it here in Israel, and we worship a cow. Wow, that's some pretty significant departures from the Bible. Yeah, and a pretty significant... I mean, a cow, really? Seriously? I mean, you know cows, I know cows. Do they inspire worship within you? Look, I... No. I I like cows. They are pleasant creatures. They're pretty dumb. Yeah. You know, they're curious. 
Yeah, I, I, they're not inspiring. No. Anyway, so so they were not worshipping Yahweh. And when Ahab comes along, he's like, well, actually, we should be realistic about this. Um, we haven't been worshipping Yahweh the whole time, so let's just go and go the whole hog and worship Baal. And this will be easy because my wife worships Baal and she wants me to worship Baal. And I'll do anything my wife says because she rules the roost and wears the pants in this relationship. And so that's what Ahab does. He had everything upside down. He did. All right, let's go over to... Let's go a little bit further here in the story. First Kings... Mm. Now I can't find the verse that I'm looking for. Uh... Yeah, he certainly he certainly wasn't. The king died and was buried in brought, brought to Samaria. They buried him in Samaria, and one washed his chariot in the pool of Samaria, and the dogs licked up the blood. Yeah, pretty sad end to Ahab. Very sad. Now the rest of the acts of Ahab and all he did, and the ivory house which he made, and all the cities which he built. By the way, archaeologists have discovered that ivory house. Wow. Yeah. Um, are they not written in the books of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? Uh, there's a passage here that's just a classic uh, where the Bible says that there was none who did evil like Ahab, whom his wife stirred up. But I can't see it right now. That's okay. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says that Ahab was a seriously, seriously bad dude. Yeah, we found it here, First Kings twenty-one twenty-five. There was none that uh, ever did evil like Ahab, who sold himself to do evil in the eyes of the Lord. Urged on by his Jezebel, his wife. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, you can tell who wore the pants in that relationship and who was actually controlling what was happening. So this guy was really, really bad. Okay, here's the problem. Here's the problem. When he dies, where does he go? Well, the Bible said in that text that he rested with his fathers. He was okay. gathered to his fathers. So David goes and is gathered to his fathers, and his fathers include Abraham. So does Ahab's father include Abraham. If Ahab is going to his fathers, he's going to Abraham as well. So the goodies and the baddies end up in the same place. That's the implication. No, that's exactly what the Bible says. That's That's exactly what the Bible says. Okay, so here's the thing. If somebody comes to you and says, yeah, of course you go to heaven when you die because, you know, Abraham died and he went to be with his fathers, so therefore obviously they were in heaven. Well, no, not obviously because the Bible doesn't say that. Um, the Bible says his fathers were in the grave. But anyway, people was like, Abraham died, he went to be with his fathers. He's hanging out with his ancestors. David dies, he goes to be with his fathers. He's hanging out, out with his ancestors now, so he's with Abraham. He's with Adam and all the rest that have died. And then Ahab dies. And uh-oh. This, Where does he this go? This really messes up the theory. It really messes up the theory because now you've got, if you're going to argue that, now you've got Ahab going to heaven. Oh, yeah. That's a bit of a problem. We don't want Ahab in heaven. I don't want Ahab in heaven. This guy would really seriously mess the place up. Wow, well, that's a very powerful object lesson in taking Scripture as it reads and not bringing our own presuppositions into the text, isn't it? It is indeed. It very much is. Second Kings chapter 24. Let's go Second Kings chapter 24. Second Kings chapter 24. And uh, Blair, if you could read for us verse 6, please. Verse 6. So Jehoiakim rested with his fathers. Then Jehoiachin, his son, reigned in his place. Same thing taking place with... Uh, Jehoiakim. Yeah, the Jehoiakim and Jehoiakins, were these good guys or bad guys? Uh, 
These were bad guys. They, they, yes, these they, Jehoiakim and Jehoiachin. They, they kind of follow in name the same as uh, in character. Jehoiakim, Jehoiachin. <laughs> yep, yep. Same character. These were these were bad guys. These were guys who uh, rebelled against the Babylonians when God said, "Don't." Uh, when Ezekiel in fact, and Jeremiah. most of them were the ba- were bad guys, really. If you're going to hazard a guess, if you're not sure, you can just <laughs> take okay, so, a guess. So all of the, the the Israelite kings varied between worshipping God in the form of a cow and worshipping Baal. Ouch. The Judean kings varied between worshipping God and worshipping Baal and cows and all kinds of stuff. And so the majority of these kings were... Bad kids. Bow, bow. And they all end up in the same place. What's going on there? Second Chronicles. We got time for this one? Second Chronicles, chapter 32, verse 33. Have you got that one? So Hezekiah rested with his fathers, and they buried him in the upper tombs of the son of David, and all Judea and the inhabitants of Israel honored him at his death, and Manasseh, his son, reigned in his place. Okay, so he goes to the same place as well, but he's a good, he's a good king. He was. Hezekiah was a goodie. So they're all going to the same place, and that is to... The tomb, and the simple reality is, the Bible says that when Jesus returns, that um, those that rest in the in the graves shall come forth. Those that have done good to the resurrection of life. Those that have done evil to the resurrection of damnation. The important thing is, they are resting in the graves. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Welcome back, everybody. That's the Discover Hope prophecies. That I was talking about a little bit earlier that I have here on a piece of paper. I hadn't seen it before, but there you go. Head along there for sure. Danny's presentation will be amazing. We have come time to that part of the day. In fact, we have come time to come to that part of the week where we are about to spin the wheel. Find out who is this week's winner. There it goes. You can hear it spinning, spinning, spinning. Who have we got? Stopped. We have a winner. We're going to make an announcement imminently. Somebody, congratulations. But before we do, we are going to go to... Uh, where is it? It's supposed to happen. There's nothing happening. I'll read through the answers. Oh, of the we're going questions. to do the answers. I thought we were let's, doing the question of the day. Okay, we're going to do. We're let, going to go to answers. Let's go through. We've got uh, according to Proverbs 11, a woman without discretion is like what in a pig's snout. <laughs> yep, this uh, was spicy. A gold ring, a gold ring in a pig's snout. So well done for those who sent that in and got that answer Solomon's, right. Solomon's, Solomon's uh, microaggressions yeah, right there. He, he was he, he got it got it out there, didn't he? Uh, to patience add godliness. To godliness add brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness add what? The answer, according to the Bible, is charity. To brotherly kindness add charity. We would also accept love or love. Yes, depending on the translation of the Bible. Absolutely. Uh, the third question, he said, fill in the blanks. In that day, seven women shall take hold of... One man. One man. The blanks, uh, one man. Um, yeah, quite we will the, eat our own food, we will wear our own clothing, only let us be called by your name to take away our reproach. Quite the imagery. Uh, a dead man came back to life after his body touched the bones of whom? This is a remarkable story, this one. Uh, the dead man came to life after his body touched the bones of Elisha. I nearly said Elijah. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to mix those two <laughs> yeah, up. I nearly said, uh, like, he, well, he doesn't actually have uh, bones that can be touched. Yeah, well, that's right. He got taken straight up to the... His bones are still covered by flesh. And he's he is one of those exceptions in Scripture, as we were studying in our Bible, who was taken in the chariot straight to heaven. That's it. Yeah, quite interesting. Uh, now, 
The fifth one, Daniel learned Israel would spend 70 years in captivity by reading the writings of which prophet? That prophet was Jeremiah. Indeed. Okay, so we've got a winner on the phone and we have Stephen Fracco on the phone. Welcome to the show and congratulations. Thank you, Lyle. And hello, Blair. Hey. Hello. Glad now, to have you on. Now, we get your, your text messages here from time to time. We love your uh, contribution that you make to the show, so super glad that you got to win something. Um, uh, God cares. Have you ever seen these or read these books before? No, I haven't, and I'm very interested in them too. It would be great. I have um, I have a Bible study grid that come around, which I can share this with too, which is really good. I have one before. I've got the um, Bible Mopley. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. Out. I'm still waiting for um, Lawson and I think it was Mon to come down and blame yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah gonna... it's all talk. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it, may, it may have been all talk. Depends where oh, you live, but... Hi. Thank you so much, and thank you for the show. Look, the show is a blessing to me and to a few others that I've got into it, and it's a wonderful start, way to start your day. You know, we're working on the the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. We all need it, and it's so beautiful, and thank you so much. Ah, amen. praise God. Amen. May God bless you in a very special way. We are glad you, that you are the winner this week, and uh, congratulations. We need to well, – we need to do question of the day. I've been hanging out to do question of the day. All right. It just doesn't happen. Here it goes. Question of the day. The question here for you today, Lyle, is does Jesus have the ability to sin? Did he inherit our sinful nature? Can he sin? Braden sent that question in. Okay, so there's some really good passages in the book of Hebrews on this particular subject. And if we go over to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, uh, the Bible says, uh, no, not verse 12. Where is it? Uh, verse 15, here we go. The Bible says in verse 15, For we do not have a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. Wow, that's a good text. Okay, so it's pretty pointless for Satan to tempt someone. It's pretty pointless for, for Jesus to be tempted if it's impossible for him to sin. Well, absolutely. So Jesus has to have the power of choice to be able to choose to sin if he wants to sin. And the key thought here is that he is touched with the feelings of our weaknesses. That's that's really good news. Oh, absolutely. So the point is, here's the whole point. In, in the, the whole point of Jesus being tempted is so that he can stand beside us when we are tempted and say, I've been there, I've done that, I've gone through it, I've gained the victory, I can get you through this. Wow. Which is kind of pointless if we knew that, well, actually, he can't sin anyway. So yeah. that would be meaningless. We did not need someone to come down who could not sin to show us how to live a righteous life. Mm. We did not need, we did not even need an angel to come down and show us how to live a, a, a righteous life as an angel because we already know how angels. How can we relate to that? <laughs> we can't relate to that. We know angels have the power to live a righteous life. Absolutely. We needed somebody to come down and show us how a human being can live a righteous life. That's the only relevant example is the example of a human being. And this is what the Bible says when we go back to Hebrews chapter 2. 
Uh, and let me read it through for you here in verse 16. It says, For truly he did not take on him the nature of angels. Mm-hmm. Okay, angels have the you know, sinless, perfect nature. He did not take on him the nature of angels. But what does it say? He took on him the nature, the seed of Abraham. Wow. And we kind of know about Abraham. He's one of the great heroes of the Bible who did some really terrible things. Mm. I mean, here's a guy who decided to decided it would be a good idea to commit adultery so that he could be obedient to God. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> it's like, really? Uh, yeah. Um, and so he took on him the seed of Abraham. And then verse 17 is a key verse. Wherefore, in all things, it was best for him to be made like his brethren. Key word there is all. That he might be a merciful and faithful high priest to God in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to help those that are tempted. The whole wow. passage here is looking at the fact that Jesus was tempted in the same way that we are tempted so that he can help us in our temptations. That's the whole point of why Jesus, one of the reasons why Jesus became a human being. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM. So, We mentioned this before. I'm going to mention again because it starts tomorrow. Prophecies of Hope at uh, the Hillview Seventh-day Adventist Church, 11 a.m. So if you're anywhere in the Central Coast, Lake Macquarie, Hunter, Newcastle region, head over there. But right now, don't forget to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith. Throughout this day, you will grow stronger and closer with Jesus. 